Welcome to Work at Life. This is a show for everyone who believes that work should be just as fulfilling as life outside of work, and that the way to get there is through building more human workplaces. I'm Maddie Grant, a culture designer and co-founder of a culture consulting firm called Propel, and I'm your co-host alongside my fabulous friend, Sonia Lucina, an organizational psychologist heading up the workforce division at Question Pro. Sonia, can you believe it? It's the end of the year already. How did this happen? <laughs> nope, nope, can't believe it. <laughs> Especially, I think for me, because now it's it's summer in Buenos Aires, that it really doesn't feel like the end of the year. So <laughs> I think yeah, I'm still well, in denial. I'm very, very jealous. There's a huge winter storm blowing through the entire U.S. right now. So <laughs> I'd rather be sitting in the sun with you. <laughs> you're welcome anytime we can do this in person maybe that can be our hopefully our 2023 oh, yeah. goal <laughs> goals definitely so yes welcome everybody to our last episode of 2023 and um, we're super excited as always to get together and just take a quick look back at how things have gone this past year um, and just I think to to start, before we dig into our usual data point and some of the things we want to talk about today, I just wanted to share, so you might have seen um, something called Wrapped by Spotify, and it's like a year-end a year -end kind of list of all the music you listen to over the year, and your top 10 um, artists in different countries, and all kinds of lists. Um, but they turns out they are, also did this for podcasters. And we were super interested to get these little pieces of, of data about our podcast um, from 2022. And it turns out that we had 905 minutes of content heard in 32 countries, which is amazing. Thank you. Um, our top five countries were the U.S., Mexico, Canada, the U.K., and Australia, which makes sense because this podcast is in English, but now we're on a mission to get the rest of the world. <laughs> and we were, speaking of which, in the top 10% most shared podcasts globally, which is very exciting. And our growth in listeners was 430% from when we started at the end of 2021. So we, from this little idea, you know, that started out as a conversation between two people who really love um, culture and um, kind of making workplaces better, I feel like we're on the path to building something, you know, that's growing and really exciting. And that has, um, been, you know, we've been able to showcase a lot of really cool guests and just do a lot of fun things. So like, what a journey. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and again, to echo your sentiment, Maddie, thank you all so much for joining us, for listening. A lot of times, you know, digital format is phenomenal because you think it can reach a lot of people. But the downside is, is that you don't know always if it does and how well it yeah. resonates. It's not like, you know, sitting in a large auditorium and looking at thousands of people and being able to see faces and reactions. And so 
we're always striving to share information that's valuable, that's uplifting, that when you listen to us, you feel like you walked away with something new or walked away energized. And these numbers just were a great, um, great feedback for us to, to show us that, you know, we're doing some things right and to give us energy to continue to be even better. And like Maddie said, reach even more people and reach even more countries. But thank you so much again for all of you that, that have been a part of this journey without you, obviously we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have the passion mm. to do what we do. So thank you. Yeah. And so we of course wanted also to say thank you to the, I didn't even count how many guests we had this year, but we had some really, really interesting, really passionate people on the podcast. Um, and I don't know, Sonia, if you had any favorite episodes, but we talked about being fully human. We talked about burnout. We talked about flow. We talked about um, visualizing success. We talked about work-life flexibility. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> like, there's just so many really amazing topics. And what I love about all of our guests is that everybody has a really kind of deep and nuanced take on on topics that are very kind of universal topics, right? They're not super, um, you know, futuristic or like intellectual topics that don't really apply to people. I think all of the topics have really applied to pretty much anyone, but every guest had just their own um, interesting and uh, experience-driven and even research-driven take, you know, on the things they they wanted to, to talk to us about. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't want it to be like the same old blah, 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 right? Because <laughs> there's a lot of podcasters who talk about, you know, the workplace or who talk about HR type um, topics, things like that. But for us, it just goes way beyond that I mean, the we started out being the you know work and life, the blurred boundaries, right? And it's that's part of what's what this podcast has been about since the beginning is that it's not you can't fit us in a box. Work and life don't belong in two separate boxes with a little hallway in between. <laughs> you know, like everything just flows into one another in a in a good way or a bad way. Like we've all been shaken up, you know, the last few years. So finding ways to come up with just ideas for integrating all of this stuff um, in a way that really helps us be better, be better at work and be better at home um, is what we're striving for. So uh, Anyway, and we don't want to be boring either. This <laughs> was the point of that whole little ramble. <laughs> no, I think I think it's been an it's just been an incredible year of change and of learning. And to your point, Maddie, we've had so many different guests that have touched on so many different areas. And I think to me that's what's um, so hugely inspiring and empowering is that all of us are trying to figure out these different aspects of herself. And in, in many ways, when we're inside of an organization and we're having that organizational hat on is how do you create a place where you're in, where your employees, where, where people really want to be and they love the relationships with others and, and more and more 
that we do research and we talk with people, we're finding that's one of the significant reasons why people, you know, stay in organizations and why they don't want to change is because of those people who are there surrounded with. And actually in a, in a study, this is a teaser, but that we'll be releasing in, in January, we found that 37% of people actually said that they would switch organizations to be a part of a more inclusive culture. So people are looking for that mm -hmm. sense of community. They're looking for that sense of belonging. And I think that that's just so incredibly important. But I think we also need to remember that as much organizations can step up and provide people that space they want to be a part of, people can be empowered and they should be empowered to create that space for them. Each one of us, a lot of times we talk about leaders and we talk about the leader's ability to create a team and create a specific atmosphere but so much of it is up to an individual too. Like when you have that, and we all like, if you if you close your eyes and think about one of your favorite colleagues, um, and if you all, you know, have a moment, do that and see who comes to mind. And usually I would say that it's, it's generally somebody who's very warm, who's very welcoming, who you know you can count on, um, you know, day or night when you need them, like with a, a big challenge or maybe a personal thing you want to share. And that usually they're connectors of people. Usually they're the ones that are helping big, build those relationships. And a lot of times they're not in a big role inside the organization. They might be an individual contributor or running a small team. But the reason I'm saying all of that is that I think for each person, you know, that's listening to this podcast or that's thinking about 2023 and how they want to show up for others is that it doesn't really matter how many people you directly lead or what title you have, that the way you treat others and the way you show up for others can have a tremendous impact on your team, on the company culture. Like I'm a firm believer that the big organizational culture also consists of these microsystems. And then that's how it's yeah. it can be built so effectively that it's not top down, right? Like having your CEO bought into the idea and being an example is important but it's not the only thing. And so to me, I think for people to think about that, and I think a lot of times, unfortunately, like we were talking about stats about our podcast, right? And we were saying like, wow, how wonderful that is because we didn't you know, fully realize the impact that we had or how many people yeah. listened or no, where they yeah. listened. The same is true for individuals. If you think about it, if you show up every day and you're kind to others and you treat others well, they won't always say thank you. They won't always verbalize it. But that impact is absolutely tremendous. And so I, I think that for people to know that and for that to energize them going to the next year is just so incredibly important. Yeah, it's so true. And I think what's what's a crazy paradox about the last couple of years is that everybody having to work from home remotely all of a sudden not everybody, but many people, um, the the single biggest theme coming out of that is that it made people realize how important those relationships and those connections with others were, you know? So it's almost like work's not really all about work. Yeah. <laughs> and of course we know this, we know this, you know, deep down inside, but it really just kind of threw that into um, high relief and, and the ability for us as human beings to, to figure out ways to better connect with other people um, in whatever circumstances um, 
that we work, uh, you know, is, is just really, really important. So yeah. I don't know. I feel uh, really I, good about all the different topics that we talked about and yeah. to, to share with us. <laughs> And I think that's actually a good segue to our data point of, of today. And we started the year talking a lot about the great resignation and it was very much the workers market or the job seekers market. And then all of a sudden, like, I feel like this year has just had these polar extremes where now we're at the end and so much of what you're seeing in the news is layoffs and mm -hmm. companies downsizing, um, hiring freezing and so you know you would think like wow is it the employer's market now what's going on how, how did this change so much and like how are people actually feeling about it and what was actually really interesting to me um in some ways when we think about it positive and in other other ways maybe not so much is that we went out and asked 600 workers across the u.s um how likely are you to voluntarily leave your job in the next six months. So voluntarily was very intentional, not how worried are you that you're going to lose your job, but how likely you're to voluntarily leave your job in the next six months. And actually, 36% of people said that they're likely to leave with 21% saying extremely likely, I'm ready for a change. So more than one in three workers plan to change jobs in the next six months. And so what does that mean? On the one hand, the positive is that regardless of the tough economy, regardless of what we're going through, people are more and more people are saying, I'm not willing to settle and spend so many of hours in my life being in a place that I don't feel seen, heard, valued, that I'm not passionate. Mm -hmm. And how good is that? Because if we think about a decade ago, a couple of decades ago, people stuck with a job for a really long time, yeah, even if... Right. Like if it drained them, it was just it was a paycheck, like I show up here for a paycheck and expecting to enjoy it. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is for a paycheck, like I need to endure whatever it is. So that's the phenomenal opportunity. And what we you know recently, there was a really great podcast on um, Bernie's Bernie Brown show, um, Dare to Lead with Simon Sinek and Adam Grant, where they talked about that for a lot of us, like you and me, Maddie, who have these conversations, we would have probably never had a job a decade ago or two decades ago because organizations just didn't care about this as much. Now, the flip side of it, maybe not, you know, as positive a part of this data, or maybe the great opportunity, if you and I want to look at it optimistically, <laughs> is that organizations can still do a lot better job with their culture. Because if this many people are looking to leave, they either outgrew, outgrew the opportunities or the culture fit is not there or they don't feel included or a sense of belonging in the organization. So it, it still shows organizations, I hope it prompts urgency to do something because if you're thinking, oh my goodness, like if 30% of the workers are going to switch jobs, is the same true for my organization? And how do I deal with that turnover and finding new people? Um, so that on the one hand, it's it's urgency. and the other hand, it's opportunity to really reflect and take a look at that culture and say, how do we do this better? And for a lot of organizations, maybe that are you know not huge and the talent acquisition teams are not siloed or separate, these individuals, instead of doing massive hiring, which maybe they were doing at the beginning of the year, can take a step back and reflect and say, how do how much do our employees enjoy our culture? What can we actually do better? How can we make sure to retain the people that we have today 
But then also when hiring comes back, because it will, we don't know when, but it will, we've lived through this before. There's been, mm-hmm. you know, big cycles and massive hiring coming back. What is that unique employee value proposition that we have? Um, and then how good are we at actually living up to it when people are a part of our organization? So how do we do some of that work now that maybe if we're not hiring, some of the time we'll free up to really do that reflection and say, this is maybe redefine or maybe be really confident in who it is that we want to be and make sure that we're living up to that expectation for our employees. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating. My brain was just going down a rabbit hole in terms of um, how it could be that next year there's certain kind of tropes or, or business models that are completely upended by the just the general disruption and change that's happening everywhere. And, you know, maybe retention is not going to be something that is strived for. But if it is, then, you know, how do you retain your best people? Because it's always your best people that are going to leave, right? The smartest ones. Mm-hmm. It's not the, it's not the, you know, bad apples that like to stick around and, and, you know, sit there and, watch the clock, right? Those are the ones who want to stay. So on the one hand, you've got, you know, all the things you need to think about in order to really retain your best people. That's happening now. But what if by the end of next year, we're talking about, you know, hiring for tours of duty is a a phrase I've heard um, by the, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who started Netflix um, Mm. wrote a book about that. And, um, and so that's the idea where you hire people for a project, right, or for a specific amount of time um, that is set in advance, and then they do more tours of duty through through the company um, Mm. for different roles and different projects. Um, But, you know, there's, there's, we can start thinking about all kinds of different types of work where people are really valued for bringing certain things to the table, but it's kind of temporary. So the fact yeah. that they will move on is much more baked in to your work culture than maybe it is right now. So, yeah. um, you know, there's lots of things we haven't even imagined that could be happening <laughs> by this oh, time year. Gosh, I love that. And I like I'm now, of course, like my my wheels are spinning. And one of the things because I'm like such a huge fan of building relationships and all how that works and the effect, like the domino effect it has on all different parts of your life. To me, like what I'm thinking about is what can organizations do? Because I, I agree with you. And I'm even seeing that a little bit in our work and what Guy and I are doing, like looking at marketing for next year and saying, what would we need full time? And what are some things that maybe wouldn't require somebody to join us full time, but are really critical? And how do we add somebody to the team temporarily? But also yesterday, I had this brilliant meeting with my former classmates from our PhD program at DePaul. And some of them I've seen as recently a couple of months ago, some of them I haven't seen in 15 years. And but all of us shared time together. And we, we created this group because we said we we want the opportunity to learn from each other. We want the opportunity like to share information. Um, if I need help with something at work, I'd love to have a discussion with this group. So we reignited the relationships that we had and are looking for ways to make them even more valuable moving ahead. But a part of the reason we could do that 
is because all of us at some point spend some significant amount of time with each other. Maybe not each person with the other person, but enough of a connection to bring everyone together. And so bringing back to your concept, not to derail too much, is if some of these opportunities are temporary, which totally makes sense, they can make sense for the person and for the business, what can organizations do to still help facilitate relationships? Because mm -hmm. in those kind, in that kind of setup, you'll need learning and onboarding to happen even more rapidly yeah. because the person's not going to be around for too long if that's not the, the agreed upon plan. And the sooner they can be productive, the better. But then there are also these additional benefits of people knowing each other, whether it's for their role at the company at the moment or down the line. Like I... You know, when I need people actually in my projects, like the first, I mean, for most people, like if you first think about who have I worked before yeah, exactly. that I've enjoyed it, it's done an amazing job. How can we make sure to do that in the future? And I do think it's possible. I don't think you need to necessarily, you know, spend years of like eight days or eight hours a day with somebody to form that relationship. But I think organizations are going to have to get a little more intentional if these projects are more transactional for how do they facilitate people getting to know each other to still reap the benefits of what they would have if again if a person was around a lot longer to yeah. now when it's shorter but you still got that benefit moving ahead i think that would be really interesting to see how it happens yeah and i think obviously there there already exists you know contractors of course so there's already people and gig workers people who mm -hmm. come in and do a project but i feel like the the idea that this kind of tour of duty concept could expand to be throughout the whole company. So you're not mm -hmm. just coming in as an IT person on an IT project, but you know, yeah. everybody is working on different things, you know, for different amounts of time like that. There's no real system for mm -hmm. that. That's, that's equitable and where everybody gets, you know, benefits and the things that being, you know, permanently on staff for a company provides right so like there's there's so much that could be changed or improved you know going down that road and this is just like one thing you know one idea i mean we could we could change like everybody's talking about um open ai and chat gpt and the artificial intelligence and how that's going to completely over like upend google and i mean there's there's technology things that are changing already that we don't even know what they're going to do. Yeah. Right. So it's just, I think the common thread and the thing that you and I care about here is that human connection that will always be super valued mm -hmm. or should be. And we've explained in like 67 different ways why it should be valued you know so um so yeah i just i love the ability to kind of dig into that that general sort of underlying foundational theme but through a whole bunch of different ideas and lenses and research data points and you know and all these different things well, and that's, I think where research is going to be so fascinating and some of the conversations I'm having is like around like, do you even know sometimes what to ask people? Like things are changing so much. And like when you were describing even this tour of duty and also, you know, the concept of contractors, there are always pros and cons and different things for both the individual and the organization. Yeah. 
And I recently spoke with an, with an organization that does helps with financial services for individual workers, because one of the things they found is that so few people are ready for retirement when it comes to savings or understanding how much it is they need to be able to live comfortably or the same lifestyle after they stop working. And traditionally, this is, you know, particularly true for the U.S., not across the countries, but a lot of times if you're an employee, you get your 401k, your retirement plan, you contribute to it, or you're more likely to because somebody is like proactively telling you like, hey, there's this, you know, retirement savings account. And not only like, should you put in money, but if you do, we're going to match that. So you get an extra benefit. And as a contractor, you lose that, you lose that match. But then also nobody is proactively like tugging at your sleeve saying, we have this plan for you. So how much of a fear is that for workers or how much of an unknown is it that maybe people are not even thinking about it. But now as we shift to this different way of working, like as a society, we want to make sure that we're not preparing a group of individuals that are going to get into retirement and say like, well, wait a minute, like, I didn't know about this. Um, but that, that's just, I think, one example of like the changes and the shifts. And, and one thing that when you were talking earlier, I thought about like with the competition for talent and people working virtually is that for a long time in my career, I worked with supply and demand data, right? And when people were hiring, they would look at locations to hire based on the number of job openings and based on the people available in the labor market. Mm. How relevant is that concept anymore? It's I'm not saying it's out the window at all because a lot of organizations have gone back to the office like they're looking, but it's completely different. And it's not only necessarily tied to a geography. It's not even like, oh, how many people are available in the U.S. now? But I mentioned I live in Argentina and there's a lot of really good tech talent here. And oftentimes um, the cost of living is cheaper here. So you can get similar skill sets for less than you might in the United States or in Europe. And so there there was a report recently. Now, I don't remember um, the name of the company that put it out, but how much demand there was coming from Latin America, from Mexico, from certain parts of Asia, even going into the U.S. So like this concept of like yeah market supply and demand has changed so incredibly much definitely definitely i mean like globalization that's a whole nother rabbit hole yeah <laughs> right um and also by the way i did just remember the tour of duty concept is actually reed hoffman who started linkedin not netflix i knew oh. that was wrong but i just wanted to make sure i put in that correction <laughs> um but anyway look at the time <laughs> My so um, as we wrap up this episode, we have a very special announcement to make. I don't know, Sonia, if you want to, if you want to. Yes, I can share it. So um, we, as we were mentioning, we've had so many incredible guests on over the last two years. And we talked about passion. We talked about happiness. We talked about what organizations can do, what people can do um, to feel better, to be better. And one concept that really was underlying all of it is the concept of empowerment and the concept of these amazing things that organizations do, these incredible things individuals can do themselves to really feel better about what they contribute every day and how they show up. And so going into 2023, 
work and life is actually be going going to be called empowering workplaces and we're changing the name yeah um because we feel when we looked back and when we looked at all the themes and concepts again empowerment all around it's it's so important it's such a big concept and it was something that just seemed very much like a thread through all of our conversations. So we thought, let's go with that name. Let's go with the concept of really what the mission of our podcast is, the difference that we're looking to make, and actually what was woven in throughout the conversations of our guests. So that's our big announcements. Maddie and I will be here. You'll continue to see us, same voices, same faces for any of us that watch, any of you that watch us on video, um, but just under a different name that we felt like really you know, better represents the the mark that we want to leave yeah. um, on the world. Yeah, so we're super excited about that. And we will be uh, taking a couple weeks only of a break, but we'll be back uh, early in January under our new name, Empowering Workplaces, um, with a whole bunch of new guests lined up and, you know, ongoing conversations. And as always, if you are doing something exciting or have some ideas or have some research about, you know, empowering workplaces, <laughs> whether you're working for an, a company that is doing something cool or as an individual, because as you know, those are our two kind of perspectives is on both sides. Um, please reach out to us. Uh, actually, we have a new Instagram. It will be, or it just is uh, as of today. <laughs> Um, at Empowering Workplaces on Insta. And so that may be the easiest way right now to directly reach us. Uh, but, you know, please, we always welcome ideas for guests um, and ideas for topics and just would love to figure out how we can do more um, ongoing, you know, interaction with our listeners um, next year. Now that we know that we have so many... <laughs> so thank you so much as always for listening um we're really really grateful to you guys for giving us this space to kind of dig into these ideas and we're really looking forward to an awesome 2023 with a lot more cool stuff to talk about yeah thank you everyone happy holidays and we'll see you in the new year yeah.